Welcome to the I Am In podcast. This semester, the Boise Nampa Institute will interview members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We will hear stories from their personal lives, examples of how the gospel of Jesus Christ has blessed them. We hope you will join us each week to strengthen your faith in the Savior and gain hope for the future. Welcome to another fun episode of I Am In. Today I have Colby Harris with us and get excited to hear this story of conversion and a journey back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Colby, to start today, will you just give us a little background? Tell us about your childhood, your home, and what uh, religion looked like for you growing up. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, my name is Colby Harris. I grew up most of my life in North Idaho and Post Falls. Um, I played baseball growing up my whole life. Um, my, with religion, my parents were born in, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so they were members, but they had stopped going. The, they hadn't been since they were kids. And so in my home, we had Christian values, but... We never attended church or any organized religion. Um, and so we would say prayers before dinner, before bed. Um, more like, it was like, I would always say the same rehearsed prayer. Things like, um, thanks for this day, please help us to be safe. Um, but I, I hadn't really, until I was 14, prayed to have a conversation with God. Um, but And why 14? What happened at 14 that you had a desire to have a conversation with God? Um, when I was 14, um, I, I guess I was kind of depressed, and it felt like, I would describe it as I've had like a hole or a void missing in my happiness and I didn't know how to fill that. And so um, for the first time I prayed to be able to be happy. Um, and like that, that prayer was the starting point of when things started changing in my life. It sounds like Joseph Smith. I mean, he was 14. You completely can connect with, he had a question and he knew to turn to prayer. So you were taught prayer in your home. Mm -hmm. Why did prayer become the way you found an answer? Like, why did you turn to prayer for help? Um, well, I knew that prayer was to talk to God and um, I knew I needed to turn somewhere for help. And so... I decided to turn to God. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after this prayer, what starts happening? Um, opportunities started um, opening, or doors started opening in my life. Like, a friend of mine invited me to volunteer with her at a place where we, it was like a summer camp for special needs kids, and so... Um, I helped out there, 
for one of my summers and then I just kept going as long as I lived in Post Falls because it was such a such a fulfilling experience and then um, uh, some other things happened in ways that weren't expected like I prayed to be able to make the baseball team <laughs> during my sophomore year and that tryout which lasted three days um, was probably the worst I've ever played oh. in my whole life <laughs> and at one point, I actually accidentally hit the coach with a baseball. Oh, wow. But I kept praying, like, like Heavenly Father, like, please help. Like, why am I doing so bad? And then each day I did a little worse. Um, and I didn't make the team my sophomore year. And so I was confused. But I had been thinking about doing track. And so I took that opportunity and joined track. And then it turned out to be really good because I met a community, like a different community of people. Um, and I actually met a lot of people who were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And there wasn't any members that I was friends with like in baseball or anything like that. And so I got exposed more to the community which is so interesting how the Lord works, right? We pray yeah. for one thing, and he goes, baseball's not the way, brother. I'm going to stump uh -huh. you up. And who is, baseball's your passion. It's what you were good at. Yeah. And to not perform well would make no sense in the moment. Mm -hmm. And yet, to join track and find other peers who were members of the church mm -hmm. gave you a whole different insight on where your life was about to go. You just didn't know, Yeah. right? Yeah. What an interesting turn of events. So tell me about... The peers you associated with in track, how were they different? Uh, what stood out about them? Why were you drawn to them? Um, they were very welcoming and inviting. Um, and something that, that stuck out to me, one of my friends that um, was also a pole vaulter with me, um, there was one time where I th somehow it worked out where none of us had a ride home and so I walked home with him and as we were walking home um, there was like people that needed help on the way home and both those times he was like hey we should go help them and just like seeing how like, just seeing how he was Christ-like in that way made an impact on me. He was so quick to serve as yeah. a natural instinct. Yeah. And that was a surprise to you because it, it was just not something you normally see in other peers. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I want to back up for a minute. You jump into track as a new sport and you're a pole vaulter? Yes. Can we touch on that? <laughs> how did you jump? That's a huge sport in track, and that's yeah. not for anybody. That's a unique sport. So how did you decide pole vaulting? Um, I think it was just like a time when I was like, okay, I need change in my life. So I was very open to new things. And on the first day of like the track tryouts, or I don't know what it's called, but just the first day where everyone's like finding their events, someone that I know came up to me and asked me if I wanted to pole vault with him. And I was like very hesitant. And then... 
She's like, just come for today and see how it's like. And so I'm like, okay, sure. So I, I did it and it seemed really, really interesting and fun. So I stuck with it for that year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's so fun. My son did pole vaulting in high school and it's so fascinating to watch. It's, it's a beautiful sport to watch you go up and over that bar and frightening to think how high you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So here are these friends. One stood out because of the service they gave. Tell mm -hmm. me about other friends. Um, another friend, um, he, <clears throat> him and his dad were in like the area, which was our ward. So he was in our ward, but they were just like so kind, like they started like bringing our family like cookies on holidays and stuff. And then later on, um, this family actually helped me to get enrolled in seminary, even though I wasn't a member because they knew I wanted to like learn more about the gospel and the Bible and stuff. Is this your freshman year of high school or sophomore year that you started seminary? Uh, sophomore year. So you are new in seminary as an unbaptized investigator of the church. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So what did you think of seminary as you came in? As far as a class, I'm sure it's like nothing at your high school. Yeah. Um, so this seminary, it, was, it wasn't taken like at our high school. It was at the church. And we had to go early in the morning. And so... Um, another, another friend in the ward would come and pick me up. I can't remember what time it was like. The wee hours of 6am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd go to that church and, um, it was the new Testament that we were studying. Um, and I just remember that as we learned about Christ and as we watched like the gospel or Bible videos and talked about it, I felt something that I'd never felt before in my life. And I now know that that was the spirit. But at the time, it was just an unidentified feeling. Yeah. How would you describe that first feeling? Put words to that for me. Um, it was like peace and I kind of want to say it was like warm and like joy, but it was like really peaceful. And that was your first time identifying it. How did you then discover what you were feeling was the spirit? Who identified that for you? Um, the missionaries. Um, so they, I don't remember exactly how they, I first met them, but I think they were visiting members in the ward and they showed up at our house, and then... Because um, your parents were still on the ward list, even though they weren't attending church? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the missionaries come knocking. Yeah. And then they started meeting with us and sharing messages, and then um, my parents agreed to have them share the lessons with my sister and I, because we both weren't baptized and they they saw that I was having a hard time and was searching for more and so my parents actually they brought out their old scriptures and I started reading in the Bible each night 
And so then when the missionaries showed up, they're like, yeah, sure, like we should, we could have them help Colby and my sister McKenna like learn more about this. So my parents would listen from the living room and they would teach us in the kitchen or like the dining room table. And how did your parents feel about their children learning about the church that they were not attending? They, they felt it was good. Um, I don't know exactly. I think they, they know it's good, but they, I don't know, they just don't, don't go. But they were willing to let the two of you learn and make your own decision. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's what they said about it, actually, is that they didn't want it to be a forced thing, but they wanted it to be our own decision. So. So supportive. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So how long did you study with the missionaries before baptism was talked about or introduced? Um, I remember they taught us some lessons in Post Falls, and then um, we had to move to my cabin in Harrison, Idaho. And so for a summer, I wasn't meeting with missionaries, but because of what I learned from them, I was praying more sincerely. I was reading in the Bible, but also the Book of Mormon now because of meeting with them and learning more about it. So for that summer, I, w I wasn't meeting with missionaries, but I was reading from the Bible and Book of Mormon and praying. And then we moved at the end of summer to Boise. Um, we lived in a rental apartment, then a rental house. And then at that rental house, a ward member stopped by to welcome us to the ward and the missionaries started meeting with us again there and we did the lessons over again because it had been so long. How long it had been? A year? Um, probably about that, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay, and so then what's happening with your second set of missionaries? Um, I learned some really important truths like there's two scriptures that specifically stood out to me. Um, Moroni 10.5. Um, could I read those real quick? Yeah, I would love you to read those. <clears throat> oh, so Moroni 10.4 through 5, and it says, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you, that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost ye may know the truth of all things. Um, this really stood out to me because it taught me that when we pray and ask, our questions can be answered and we can learn truth. And so I knew that I could receive an answer of how I could really fill that hole that I felt in my happiness. And then another scripture, 2 Nephi 28, 30, 
um, it says um, for behold thus saith the Lord God I will give unto the children of men line upon line precept upon precept here a little and there a little and blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel for they shall learn wisdom for unto him that receiveth I will give more and from them that shall say we have enough from them shall be taken away even that which they have um, this really stood out to me because this is how I felt like I was learning or um, yeah this is how I was learning is line upon line little by little and so like those times when I was in seminary and felt that that feeling of peace and then when I was with the missionaries and I specifically remember they shared with me Joseph Smith's first vision and I felt that same feeling that I felt learning about Christ's teaching in the New Testament and the missionaries kind of stopped and said do you feel that and I said, yes, I do. And they're like, they told me, that's the Holy Spirit. And so each of the times that I felt the Holy Spirit, it was like a line upon line. Um, and each time I felt like that, that void in my happiness was being filled. Wow. Mm -hmm. Which was an answer to that prayer so long ago. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And little by little, you were just feeling filled up all the way with those answers. Yeah. When did you decide to get baptized? Um, I had done some, some looking around to a few churches at the time because I knew that asking God um, in prayer, I could receive answers. And so I was seeking truth in a lot of ways, but... I I visited some other churches, and I could see some truth, but I never really felt it as fully as I did when I went to Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so I continued meeting with missionaries, and then it all kind of led up to my final question, um, is this Christ's church, like, is this the church that Christ set up during his life, restored to the earth, and should I be baptized in it? Because I knew that if it was, I would be baptized. Um, and the missionaries invited my family and I to come to church, and we all agreed, and we went to church, and while they were singing a hymn, um, I felt the Spirit more than I ever had before. Um, I felt like, like I was overflowing with joy. Um, I just like couldn't contain it. And I think I started tearing up. <laughs> um, but I just knew at that moment, this is Christ's church and I should be baptized. Hmm. Um, yeah. And what a long journey. Mm -hmm. So what's the date of your baptism? It was in, I believe it was in February of 
I'm sorry, time is, is, has been crazy with COVID and everything, but um, let me think. I was 16. Um, I was in junior year in high school. I don't remember the exact exact date, but I don't think it was February of junior year. And tell me about the day of your baptism. How many people came? What was the room like? What was the support like? Um, my family and then my grandparents and aunts and uncles came and my seminary teacher and then some friends I met in Boise because um, I had met a, a lot of members in Boise and they all came for the baptism. And then my friend from Post Falls and his dad that helped me get enrolled in seminary, they came down to Boise for the baptism. And I just remember feeling like it was so different than before. Like when I was 14, I felt alone. And now getting baptized at 16, I felt like I had all the support I would ever need. What an amazing answer to prayer after you didn't make the baseball team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the journey to track, the journey with moving, the different missionaries you cycled through. Mm-hmm. What a road the Lord led you down to get to a place where you could look around and see a room full of people who supported and loved you and to have that blessing of not feeling alone. Yeah. Wow. What a great entrance into the church. Now talk to me since then. Uh, you graduated from high school. And what happened after? Um, I prepared to serve a mission. Um, I attended the temple, um, and then I submitted my mission papers. I got my mission call to serve in the Vanuatu Port Vila mission, so an island in the South Pacific. And then one week before leaving, um, my sister came to me and she told me that she wanted to be baptized. Wow. Yeah. And so we hurried and contacted the missionaries. And then she had already done all the lessons with me. So they didn't need to um, do those again. Um, I think the missionaries like met with us like just to briefly like talk to her and make sure that that she knows it's true and wants to do this and then And how old was McKenna at that point? She was sixteen or maybe seventeen at that time. I think she she was sixteen. What a gift. Okay, so what happened? Um, I was actually the one to be able to baptize her because I received the priesthood authority. And so two days before leaving on my mission, I baptized my sister. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a choice experience. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I, then what, what month is this that you're headed on the mission? Are you in the middle of the pandemic when you get called to the Pacific? No, this is before, so. Okay. Um, it was December of 2019 when I left. Okay. 
um, I went to the MTC for six weeks and then went to the South Pacific and it was strange because when I left the world was all normal normal (laughs) (laughs) we barely remember 2019 right (laughs) yeah and then a few months later I was evacuating New Caledonia and I got home and there's earthquakes and there's a pandemic (laughs) and there's actually an earthquake in Boise and things fell off the walls of my house like 20 minutes after getting home wow yeah it was crazy so how long were you home and what were your plans after um i was home waiting for a reassignment to finish my mission for about six months and then i went to houston texas and i served there until december of December of 2021. Wow, what a journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Coley, I'm thinking of you as you're telling your story, and I'm thinking of other young men, young women, who are in the same places. You know, President Nelson in his book grew up with inactive parents. They were also baptized, but he grew up in a home like you, good people, good parents, but mm-hmm. not the influence of the church, not in the full functioning way that some of your peers had. And yet he, like you, came all the way in full activity and is now serving as the current prophet of Christ Church, right? Mm-hmm. So what about the other Colbys out there? If you could give them a message about your journey and about your answered prayer and how the Lord has guided you back to his full gospel, what would you share with them? Um, especially right now, um, there's so many confusing things in the world and so many, so many different things that people could be confused with on, in how they look for happiness. But whether you're feeling lost or lonely or unhappy, maybe even numb, if you go to God in prayer sincerely, I know that He'll answer your prayer and He will lead you to true happiness and clarity and a life that is so much so much more fulfilling and living the commandments may be hard but it's it's so worth it and they're not restrictions they are their advice from a loving father on how to be the happiest we can be in this life wow thank you for that I, I see a lot in my own family, in my peers, in my ward family, in my neighborhood, um, good people who are choosing to stop coming to church or stop participating in the gospel. And the biggest heartbreak of that is they're not making a decision just for themselves. They're making a decision for their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. Because if they stop teaching his truths to their children, then they don't know it. Mm-hmm. So for you to have the beautiful blessing of knowing about prayer and receiving the answer that you did and the blessing of your influence on your sister McKenna 
and now on your children and your grandchildren, you have saved a whole generation in the gospel. I hope that others who may not know that this is where joy and happiness and peace comes from can hear your story and have the courage to get down on their knees and ask the same question. Mm-hmm. Is God real? Mm-hmm. Is the scriptures that have been provided by prophets through all of these years preserved for your day true? And is our current prophet, is President Nelson truly a man of God who speaks for the Savior? If they get those answers for themselves, the power that will come through the Spirit will bless their lives and all those who come after them forever. So I'm so grateful for you sharing this journey. As we close today, Colby, I just want you to share with all those who are listening your personal testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it has blessed your life. Okay. Um, I know that God is our Father in heaven and He loves us. And I know that He sent Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ suffered for everything that we feel in our life, everything we've ever felt and ever will feel. And He wants to help us. And I know that He has suffered for me and because of that I've been able to to be forgiven and improve. And I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is Christ's restored church with a prophet and twelve apostles and Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Um, I know that living the gospel brings true happiness and if we seek further light we can receive that in our lives. Thank you. Thank you for being here.